The Holy Gospel according to Luke. In those days a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was the governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and the family of David. He went to be registered with Mary to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth, laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news, great joy for all people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom God favors. When the angels had left them, gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks Thanks be to God. Do you hear what I hear? Do you hear what I hear? Probably not. (laughs) And I know that you didn't come to hear a sermon about it. I get that. It's Christmas. We all know the story. We like to think. And it is, frankly, just easier on Christmas Eve to go long rather than to swim upstream to fight the currents. But that's actually part of the problem. It's part of the growing gap between the church and, well, a lot of folks. And maybe even you. I'd wager that we all know someone who has been fed a painful line about God. We all know someone who has been told that God hates them. God's out to get them. God wants to send them to hell. We all know someone who thinks that God is just an angry party pooper. Doesn't know how to have a good time, much less smile or laugh. And we all know someone, and maybe even someone that you desperately wish were here with you tonight, 
or maybe even you, who thinks that they don't believe in God. And I would bet to ranch that they don't believe in a specific God, a God they have heard about far too often by the church. You probably know someone who thinks that God is like a, a beady hawk that just can't wait to get its claws into you and devour you because you strayed off the path. And would be very surprised to hear that Jesus actually said that God is more like a mother hen who wants to gather their chicks in love. Probably know someone who thinks that God is some kind of cosmic gatekeeper who decides who gets in, who gets out. And would be surprised that Jesus' image is of a fantastic host who just loves having a house full of people and is throwing a great banquet for everyone. And that's why it's worth tonight swimming upstream rather than downstream. Here's how some people tell the story, and it's a little more complex than this, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to condense it. But honestly, this is what passes for much of Christianity in America. Way back in the Garden of Eden was a great place, but Adam and Eve broke the rules. It would not hurt us to ask, well, whose rules were they and what were they about? God don't need any rules. But because they broke the rules, God was mad and God punished them in all sorts of ways, most notably made them ashamed to be naked and brought death into the garden. And the stain of Adam and Eve's, what we ended up calling original sin, so the story goes, is passed to each new generation through the sexual union of their parents. Whoever wrote this story doesn't have a very good view of their bodies and sexuality. And therefore, as a result of every human being's original sin, so the story goes, each and every person is bad and deserves to die. Will die, I can handle. Deserves. But God eventually, for some reason, eventually feels bad about this or, or something, or who knows, that part's a little confusing. And even though this is all God's doing to begin with, God graciously decides to offer a way out of this thing. So God comes to us in the form of Jesus, and this is where it gets really fuzzy. And God makes a sacrifice to God on the cross. And all of that was because the only way you can solve anything in this world, as we all know, is spilling blood. And in this case, the only thing power enough would be God's blood. So, now, tonight, Christmas night, and it all ties to the story, everybody is born deserving to die, but there is an out dropped down from heaven, Jesus, and if you want to take it or believe it or accept it in your heart or whatever, yada, 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 and if you don't, well, enjoy hell. Merry Christmas. No! No, no, no! I dare you to hold a newborn baby in your arms and tell him or her that story. 
I dare you to look a little baby in the eyes and say, you little sinner, you. You deserve to die. Because that's how God works. Which begs the question, if you can't bring yourself to do that, then, then you might want to find a different way to tell the story of Jesus. Is there another way? I mean, if you don't tell the story that way, and by the way, that is the, you know, imprimatur way. That's the Jonathan Edwards skewering over the spit, the hands of an angry God, and if you only believe, then you'll save you. And otherwise, if you just believe what the hierarchical, established, elitist church tells you, otherwise, you're going to go to hell. Why did Jesus come? What was the point of Jesus coming? What difference does it make? And why, in fact, would we be so bold as to sing joy to the world, the whole world? Joy. So I thought we might try on a couple alternatives. How about this one? As it turns out, we're not totally evil. We're not totally depraved. We're just, you know, we're idiots. We're way more helpless than any of us really wants to admit, but we're not hopeless. We're, we're just helpless. We just make a lot of stupid mistakes. Or maybe this. Well, actually, we're all capable of doing great things. We want to do well, and we try, and we can, and we often do. We just, we just don't do it all the time. We just do it like hit and miss, which, by the way, that's the biblical word for sin, hit and miss. At any given moment, we might be sinful, might, and we might be broken, but mostly we're just a huge bunch of dorks who are dinking around trying to do our very best and messing things up in the process. Or how about this? There's no one who has all the information about God. We're human. We're not God. We don't know all there is to know about anything, much less about God, which is why actually we need each other in this world and why this whole God thing is so difficult to talk about. It's why no one religion knows it all and why this one religion, the way of Jesus, is good news. Or how about this? We're easily, all of us, young or old, easily distracted by shiny things. It's just built into us. The grass is always greener. Our children's service today, beautiful tree out there that are lit, and at four o'clock I think it had a hundred candy canes on it. But you can't stop a child from walking across that narthex as soon as they see bright lights and a candy cane. <laughs> it's, it's how it, it works. Or how about this? The Bible says we're like sheep who have gone astray and we, we just need a good shepherd. So here's my point. What if we are to God like sheep are to a good shepherd? Which, by the way, is a fantastic analogy and biblical, except none of you are shepherds and it's not going to fly. So let me take it to another place. What if we are to God the same way a two-year-old is to a loving parent? Let me stop there for just a little infomercial. Uh, tonight's the night of our dear Savior's birth, and one of the things we love about Christmas is the whole baby part, in the flesh part, God inexplicably 
inexplicably becomes incarnate in the most fragile and lovable of all possible forms. It is about the baby. You know what anybody else says? It's about the baby, Jesus the baby. And this Sunday, three days from now, we will gather again as a church at our regular times, regular styles, and we will conveniently skip over all of the infant child's life. When we get together on Sunday, we'll read a lesson about Jesus as a teenager, which, by the way, we don't talk a lot about that either. <laughs> and then a week later, just one week, 13 days after the birth of our Savior, we're going we're to go poetry. We're going to start theologizing from the Gospel of John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was made flesh. But it's like we've totally skipped over the incarnate part. What if God actually knows what the terrible twos are all about because God was one. And we are to God as a terrible two-year-old is to a well-adjusted, loving parent. And let's name it. Yeah, we can be a little trying, but so darn cute. (laughs) What if God loves us not in spite of who we are, but because of who we are? What if God loves us because of the sheer depth of our goofiness and our haplessness and our helplessness? Sure, sometimes it makes God mad, irritates God. Okay, that's it, I get it. But of course, sometimes it just cracks God up. Here they go again. What if eventually the God of all creation just gets tired of hollering downstairs and saying, please stop fighting. Keep it to a dull roar. Share. Quit hitting your sisters and brothers. Quit blaming each other for all your stuff. Quit scapegoating. What if God just gets tired of that and that this is a night of celebration when God finally comes down and says, break it up because I just want to love on you for a while and I just want to hug you. What if this is the night that God came down not to judge us but to play with us for a little, to give us some attention, to share some face time, some skin time, some giggle time, some joyful time? What if this is the night that God came down to see if there wasn't something else that God could do for us because God just loves us that much? What if Christmas is really about what we say it's about, that God so loved the world That God wasn't about to let anything, not our foolishness or our fractiousness, not even our fear of death. God was not going to let anything keep us away from God because God just loves us so much. What if God is not angry at all and never was? What if it's not and never has been about how naughty or nice or how good or how bad we are? Because let's just lay it out there. We're that all of the time. All of us, all of the time, are naughty and nice, good and bad. That's how God made us. And it's how God loves us. What if the message of this whole night is not about an angry God, but a loving God? And what if our only job as the people of Christmas is not to condemn or convict or convince or to criticize, but just love others as joyfully as we know that we are loved by God. 
Oh, Lord God, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you that I, I don't have to become a child tonight. I am one. A terrible two. Thank you for not leaving me down here trying to figure this whole thing out on my own. Thanks for not leaving me home alone. Thank you for loving us, becoming incarnate, dwelling among us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. A child, a child, sleeping in the night, he will bring us goodness and light. That's the point. He will bring us goodness and light. Amen.